Blog Talk Radio. Hey, everybody. Kaylin Patterson, TPP Real Talk, Midwest Muscle in the house. And this program is sponsored by P4P Muscle, the number one drug-free sponsorship foundation in the world. And if you are a drug-free athlete and looking for a solid foundation to stand on and a vehicle to drive your goals like a Mack truck through ice cream, Check us out at p4pmuscle.com. And now let's talk. Dez is still not with us, but she had said she might not be able to make it, which is always disappointing. But, you know, she's a mother and she's a businesswoman, so these things happen. But here we are, and we have an exceptionally gifted guest who can possibly uh, help me out and make this show entertaining and and lots of fun because I know him personally and I know he's a great guy. And uh, I was actually there when uh, he got his big win, and I was very proud of him because of the way he held himself backstage. And also with the the region that we were in, the knowledgeable people that were asking him questions, and he waited around to answer them. And I say knowledgeable because people had remembered me from competing the year prior, and that was new to me. And I'm talking about Iowa. And, I, you know, I was just really blown away with how seriously they take their natural bodybuilding because I was, I've been around the enhanced community for a long time. And basically they only know the bigger names. They don't really deal with the people that would be considered, uh, you know, ultra rands or, you know, who is that or questions, stuff like that. I'm speaking about Miguel, uh, they deals and he'll introduce himself and we'll get this show started. Miguel, how you doing? Good, good, Kaylin. Uh, thanks for having me on the show. Um, thank you for that introduction as well. Uh, you know, I'm trying to do my part and represent Iowa, so, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yes, sir. Now, uh, we met at the, at the Titan, and you, you took it all, and you, you really held yourself together. But one of the things that I liked is that, you know, with with the people that were in the audience, they were allowed to come back backstage and after the show and just basically meet and greet with the competitors and the willingness for so many to do so. And like I said, I was really blown away by that aspect. I, I loved how David Kaiman had done that. Um, I mean, I know he had a lot of help and, help and support, but just the fact that he would open up that, that door for that to happen. And then when I saw how engaged uh, the audience was with the competitors, you know, not just the family and friends, but, you know, people that would be strangers to to each and each and every other one, it, it was really shocking. But the way that you were able to hold it together, at, even after we had finished with the interview. So, you know, there was a lot going on. There were a lot of things that were happening, but you still held your composure even after basically the letdown usually starts for most shows and most competitors. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I thought that was really cool that, um, that show was ran actually exceptionally well. So, uh, kudos to Jason Kamen and, uh, Brian Alstrom, uh, for promoting it, uh, three years ago. And so, um, yeah, <laughs> uh, that was, uh, uh, quite, quite the show for me. And, uh, it, I couldn't have ended prep that year any better than, than that. So yeah, very fond memories of, of that show. And, uh, I know yeah, that we met it. backstage and, <laughs> yes, yeah, no, it was, it was a great time uh, meeting you, uh, meeting, I mean, it was only my second show ever, so uh, I met met a lot of new people, uh, a lot of competitors, uh, judges, uh, met you, 
Um, so, yeah, it, I, I hold that uh, show very near and dear to my heart, um, absolutely. Well, it was a definite honor. And uh, just give – we, we have – I don't know if you remember, but, uh, you know, we had a, a very select group of listeners uh, back in the day when we've grown to an international show. So, you know, I, before we go any further, I'd like you to reintroduce yourself to the, the new listeners that we have because we've gone actually international now. So, you know, you have people basically staying up to hear this show from Thailand, uh, you know, Japan. It's a, it's a lot of uh, new shows. And, guys, I'm not forgetting about you. I'm just, just trying to get the show going. So I'm just throwing some, some countries out there that uh, that Miguel might not be familiar with that uh, that have joined our listenership. So, Miguel, reintroduce, you know, how you got started, why you got into started. Well, I mean, why you got started in, in, in natural bodybuilding and why you're so compelled yeah. to be so active and engaging in it. Yeah, absolutely. And give you guys a quick uh, introduction here. Um, so, I mean, bodybuilding is my passion, and it's been my passion for the last four years. Um, like I said, my first competition was in 2015, and it was the NAMBF Nutrisport Natural Iowa here in Des Moines. And uh, mm-hmm. I followed that one up. Uh, eight weeks later and did the NJ Titan Classic, which is uh, the one we were just talking about now. So they're both local shows. And um, my drive to compete was really kind of influenced by close friends um, in 2014. Uh, I was kind of uh, shown that door of of bodybuilding, um, but it really didn't take for me until I actually went to go see a show um, that was in Omaha, uh, the neighboring state of Nebraska. Um, Went to go see a show and – I knew right then and there that I wanted to become a bodybuilder. Um, so in 2014, uh, actually after that show, I kind of put, I started putting a, a plan together and uh, started looking at, at shows that were coming up in the next year. And that's where I found the, the Nutri- Nutrisport Natural Iowa. And I had also seen that the NG Titan Classic was another show later in that year. So I kind of devised a plan and uh, basically um, self coached myself and self-prepped uh, for those shows, um, or, or the first one anyway. And then I actually met my coach at the backstage of the Nutrisport Natural Iowa, uh, met him backstage, uh, hired him, and then we did the NJ Titan Classic eight weeks later. And uh, that's where I ended up turning pro, uh, ended up sweeping that show, everything from the novice to the overall. And, um, yeah, so, I mean, my goals and dreams are really what drive me. Um I've always set goals for myself in and outside of the gym, but pertaining to bodybuilding, you know, I have, I, I really set the bar high. You know, I want to be elite, you know, win, win the, the Yorton cup, win worlds. Like those, those are the type of things that I fantasize about, but I know that I have still very many miles to trek before I can get there. Um, so I'm, I'm realistic, but I am also optimistic. And, uh, you know, just when it comes to, like, goal setting, I think that's what sets me apart from others. I'm not afraid to kind of set that bar high. And even in defeat, I know that I'll gain something valuable, and and that's experience. So I I realize that I am a pretty young competitor, and my journey is really – it feels like it's only just starting to unfold. But if I can continue to, you know, gain more experience – and uh, continue to train harder and, and, and um, smarter, um, you know, then the better bodybuilder I can ultimately become. So, Yeah, 
I hope that's and, uh, a, a good good intro. <laughs> that's a very good answer, but I got a, an early question. I'm going to just get it out there. This one's from Sheila, and she's saying, yep. you know, it, it's wonderful that you're you've made the, you know, that your choice in natural bodybuilding. But will your goals ever compel you to leave the natural bodybuilding industry and go to the NPC or the enhanced realm? She's not saying that you're using. She's just saying is that something that you might choose because the natural bodybuilders are jumping ship, it seems, every other month. Um, you want to answer that too? Yeah, so um, honestly, I feel like I have a lot of potential that I still uh, am waiting to see what I can do with and why I, at the moment I'm not looking to jump ship. Um, I, I love bodybuilding as a sport um, but I feel really comfortable uh, competing in natural bodybuilding. And that's kind of, you know, to me, it's it's still like I'm stepping into this new world. Um, even though I've been competing for a, a couple of years now, um, for me, there's still so much potential there that I can squeeze out. And honestly, I just don't have any ambition to jump ship or, you know, uh, to compete in the NPC. I'm, I'm completely fine competing at uh, – natural bodybuilding uh, shows um, because they're highly competitive. There are a lot of yeah. talented uh, competitors in these uh, federations. And I got to witness that firsthand that this, this prep, because I went up against some sharks and like, yes, you know, indeed. you could compare those guys to, to folks in the NPC and you'd be like, these guys, you know, you, there's going to be questions raised, I'm sure. But these guys, you know, yeah. They they went through well, okay. their polygraphs. They, so that's they, the they, second part of her question. Uh, well, it's more like a statement because she's saying, you know, we we have natural athletes that compete in that arena, but they're no longer viewed as natural athletes simply because they are competing in that arena. You know, whether it's true or false, it's irrelevant. It's how they're viewed and seen um, with that label. You know that, uh, and I get it. I I, I really do. And she's saying, you know, why weaken an industry that is more supportive of natural athletes than, you know, strengthen the ones who really are? And I, I get that. I really do. And uh, that's a good question, Sheila, and that's a great statement, you know, because if we, if we want to say we're natural athletes, then wouldn't it be better for us to be viewed in the natural athlete, uh, natural arena and natural lifestyle of drug testing and, 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 you know, basically showing each show that we do that we're remaining natural athletes. So I get that. And I, I, I know you're not accusing Miguel, but uh, she just wants to know uh, basically what, what she's saying is she would love to stack natural athletes instead of basically trying to figure out who's who doing what. And I, I, I like that, but, uh, you know, let, just, just answer that again. Miguel, and then, and then we'll go from there. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think also another thing is that there are a lot of natural bodybuilding federations. So um, this might be kind of going off on a tangent here, but I think if there was one centralized federation, one unified federation, that would really help the natural bodybuilding community. Um, because, uh, you know, in the NPC you have, or with, you know, IFBBB, you have the NPC, which kind of drives that. So if, you know, if natural bodybuilding had basically one unified federation, I, I honestly think it would uh, compel athletes to stay natural and, uh, mm -hmm. you know, would really bring, uh, you know, 
it would really bring all, all competitors from, you know, the nation. And I don't know, maybe that's a little bit, uh, maybe I'm going off on a tangent there, but. No, no, no. Um, yeah, I mean. Well, here's the thing. I'm going to throw my two cents in there as well, because I, I, I've, I've said this time and time and again, and I, I know it to be true. Natural bodybuilding is not going anywhere. You can't kill it because there's always going to be natural athletes. Even the enhanced community started with natural athletes. Uh, they chose a, a route that, uh, you know, is, is more harmful uh, to their bodies than helpful, but they still made that choice. So they were natural athletes in the beginning, and then they, they, they did this step that basically says, I no longer want to compete as a natural athlete. It's not going anywhere because you're going to have all kinds of natural athletes wanting to basically take that step up because everybody gets in shape and then, the ones that are competitive say, well, I want to step on a field where I can compete with people that are in, in shape like me, and we can see who's best. That's natural athletes. That's natural competition, and that's not going anywhere. Um, I do understand the label of competing in the NBC because there's always going to be that question because of the lack of drug testing and the lack of uh, basically showing, you know, on a regular basis that you choose to stay natural and, 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 you know, come hell and high water, these are the things that you're going to be seeing. And nobody wants to be labeled anything that they don't agree with, but if that's the arena you compete in, I truly understand how the, you know, the mainstream uh, non-lifter, non-competitor can say, well, if that's what they do, then why would you want to get into that if you're not, you know, using? And that, that, that's a good question. And like you said, Miguel, we have, who oh, I can't even count anymore, how many natural uh, shows we have in natural organizations, but you still have one thing that always remains the same, and that's the natural athlete. So I, I think, and I really do understand that if we get the right kind of shows, regardless what organization, if they treat the competitors correctly, then we will have that real big show where all of them show up because they know they're going to be addressed as athletes. I think that was one of the biggest drawbacks and one of the biggest flaws to the natural shows and organizations is that they didn't address the athlete as a true athlete. They just treated them as a person that was going to be stepping on stage. I've seen vast changes in that and in, uh, in marketing. You know, now we have you know places like uh, well, we have we have people be real talk. Uh, I know there's uh, the Northern Media Connection. I can't think of the re- their 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 full name, but they were at the P4P undefeated doing interviews. You have people out in Florida now doing interviews and addressing natural athletes. So they're now doing what they should have been doing 40 years ago, but they're, they're, thank God they're doing it now. But now the athletes mm-hmm. can actually feel and be addressed as natural athletes in the way that should have been done years ago. And that was competitor-driven because you guys demanded more and you should have been being addressed that way, yes. But with that demand came the response, and now you can see, uh, you know, instead of the athlete posting pictures, now the marketing is coming from the promoters and the organizations themselves. We have magazines stepping up. Um, I was very sad when uh, Natural Magazine – uh, had, had, you know, went with an organization 
instead of staying with all the natural athletes, but it's still a step in the direction of addressing the athletes as a whole. Anything to add to that, Miguel? No, um, I think you you hit it right there on the head there, Kalen. You're absolutely right. Um, I I honestly believe that it's it's booming. It's uh, natural bodybuilding is growing. Um, I'm actually part of uh, the subreddit on on Reddit, and I've seen the natural bodybuilding subreddit just explode in terms of subscribers. And it seems like more and more uh, these days, younger competitors are starting to, or younger athletes are starting to compete, which I think is awesome. Um, it's really mm-hmm. growing the sport. Um, so, no, you're absolutely right. You're starting to see more uh, coverage. You're starting to see more media around natural bodybuilding. It's it's starting to become a little more mainstream. Um, it, it, yes. sure, it has a long way to go, but I think it's getting there, you know, slowly but surely. Yes, sir. I, I totally agree. And, and, and also, you know, the fact that the athletes have stepped up their game as well, where you don't have the person you see on stage looking phenomenal, and then four months later you see the person that you're wondering if they they need uh, diabetes shots for insulin. So, you know, if mm-hmm. we've been holding the, the, the fort a lot longer and we're actually taking our health a little more serious, and we like you said, it, when it becomes a passion, you're not forced into it. It's not something you have to maintain. It's just something you do on a daily basis. And that has changed. I mean, uh, the, the realm of, of competitors is just phenomenal to where, you know, I remember when uh, football, the NFL had really taken off in college football, and it's because you had the year-round athlete that was competing in football in, in a seasonal-type atmosphere. So when the athletes started doing that, that's when the sport basically started becoming a better option. Uh, the marketing can be done now because, you know, if you see Miguel in, in the winter when he's not competing, he just has a better size to him, but he still has the shape. And that was big. I mean, a lot of athletes didn't think about that when they were competing back in the day, but the ones that kept their passion when they didn't have to step on stage. I mean, we were talking about that before you came. we, we came on the, on the air where you're saying, okay, well, what am I going to do now? But you still have the concern of your overall health as the driving force. Absolutely. Yeah, I think you have to take into consideration longevity. Um, If you want to do this for a long time, you have to take care of yourself. So health is very important. Now, we're going to get on to your your wins uh, this year. And uh, with just how you've done this year, I don't want to say your wins, but people need to hear it from you. But, you know, when you can – when you realize that, you know, you're taking on the mantle of the Kiyoshi Moody's, the Ricardo – Phil Ricardo Jr.'s, the Marshall Johnsons, and, uh, you know, you can stand with them, and the goal is to stand beside them on stage, that's a great goal to have in mind. And uh, when you understand that you you have the right to be up there, because I've seen some people – uh, that just step on on a pro stage because they have a pro card, but they're not even close to resembling a pro physique. So you know, for you to be doing that and 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 placing and knowing that you have the right to be there because it's it's a big thing to the pro stage. Let's not kid ourselves. Um, you the winning a pro card is wonderful. Uh, I'm I'm very proud of everybody that does so because you still have to show up. And a lot of people forget that fact when they say, well, you know, I, I could have won that show. But you weren't there, so you didn't. So, you know, don't mm-hmm. try to take away from somebody else's hard work. 
by showing up and, and representing the natural athlete and the natural community. The thing that I love is now you have people like you that want to be there. And that's a big difference than basically enduring a prep and basically wanting to get to show your best. So just speak about winning the pro card and then winning on stage as a pro because that's a big, big difference. Absolutely. Yeah, so when I won my my NGA pro card back in 2015, um, I honestly had really just, it was only my second show. So it felt like I had just stepped into a whole brand new world. Um, natural, natural bodybuilding was this new land that I had just uh, discovered for, um, to be brief. But, um, and as soon as I, I guess, leading into my, into my pro debut, um, I kind of looked back and reflected on on what it took to get to stage um, to win the pro card in, in the beginning and just kind of compared and uh, analyzed how much different um, in terms of preparing for each one of those uh, shows was. Um, going in as a, uh, going into the, the, the Titan Classic in 2015, uh, a lot of things were still brand new to me. Um, I didn't have much experience, if any at all. Um, and really, um, my expectations for the show were uh, basically, you know, just I was just looking to place was were, were my goals. Um, it wasn't mm-hmm. until I took uh, – it wasn't until after the 2015 season – in the last three years of my off season, when I finally realized or, or fully realized that stepping onto a pro stage or in, into a uh, into a pro show is ten times more, uh, it's going to take ten times more than it did for, yeah. for uh, the pro qualifier. And I knew that yeah, because yeah. I had gone to a couple pro shows and I had seen some of these sharks that showed up at these shows, and their physiques blew my mind. Honestly, um, I knew that if I wanted to compete at that level, I really had to bring it first and foremost, but I also had to have a productive off season to even compete or stand toe to toe next to these guys, because you've been to pro shows, Kalen, you've competed in them. Yes. You know what, you know that it brings in sharks. And so that was, so going into this season, uh, the main goal or one of the, one of my main goals for this entire prep was to, um, to do my pro debut. And so I always had that in the forefront of my mind. And that's what really kind of um, just was the main driver for this whole prep was to step on a pro stage and basically not feel like I didn't belong there. Um, mm-hmm. In looking at, in, in, in looking at me and kind of my stats, you know, I'm, I'm almost five, nine on stage weight. I'm a, about 150. If you can visualize that, it you you could probably say that. Um, I mean, you could you could probably say that I'm pretty small, in in, in terms of size. So I knew yes, that, that is if I was going to go into this pro show, I wasn't going to be able to compete with these guys at a mass level. So I had to bring the conditioning in. I had to bring in the posing. I had to bring in the stage presence. Basically, all the other judging criteria to stand toe to toe to the, to these guys. And that's ultimately what I did. 
And I think, um, so, so, I mean, it was, it was a learning experience and, uh, it was, uh, it was a wild ride too. I mean, my pro debut was, it couldn't have gone any better. Um, I didn't end up winning, but I did end up placing second place. Um, mm-hmm. and honestly, it's, I don't think it's fully sunk, sunk in yet. Um, but it just reaffirmed the idea that natural bodybuilding is more than just size. Again, it's yes. about posing. It's about the total package. And I was able to bring some of those things. And honestly, I didn't feel like I didn't, I didn't not belong on that stage. You know, I felt like I could compete and I did compete. And so, yeah. Well, I definitely know you belong there. That's for sure. And uh, you, you don't, uh, you don't disrespect the stage. And I, I say that, and I know there was plenty of times where I wanted to to compete on stage, but it was just me wanting to be at that show because I knew the people that would be at it. <clears throat> I really enjoy a, a lot of these. The, a lot of these friends I have are in the fitness community. A lot of them are competitors. But just to share the stage with them would have been wonderful. But I said there, it would have been disrespectful with the physique I would have brought, and it would have been a shame to do that with such great physiques standing next to me, and I just couldn't do it. And I, I understand what you're saying when, you, when you're talking about that because, you know, there, there should be a pride. There should be a, a respect before you even set foot on that stage about how you visualize your look. Because like you were saying, as a, as a natural athlete amateur, you're going to bring what you know. But after you learn what you know, you know that you can do better. And I, I know that the, the, true, the true competitor always wants to improve, and they're always going to see something that needs improvement. The whole thing is basically saying this is the best I am right now, and this is the presentation I can do. And I, I, I'm loving how you're doing that because you document what you do, and uh, you, you share it with uh, a lot of people. So speak on that, and then we'll get back to the shows that um, to, to, your, to your win this year. Absolutely. So going into that pro debut, Kalen, um, you know, I was confident. I was confident in myself. I had worked hard up until that moment. And, you know, I knew that I couldn't control who showed up. I could only control myself. And so I told myself Mm -hmm. that going into that show. And, you know, all the hard work had been done up to that point. So it was just a matter of going out there and just, you know, doing my thing. Um, So, I mean, what what else can I really say? But, you know, I went into that show just knowing that I had put in the hard work and I just had to show it. And that's ultimately what I did. And um, even, even if, you know, I had ended up last place, I, like I said earlier, I would have taken home something really valuable and that would have been experience. Um, right yeah. now as a young competitor, I, 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 the, the, the most important thing I could, probably take from this entire prep is is experience so the more i can amass the better right and yeah so i'm I'm still kind of reflecting on that and and still uh um, kind of going back into prep and just jotting down and uh kind of going through my thoughts of what i learned and what i took from all the shows that i did this year uh but definitely the, the the pro show um stands out a lot because there was so much to learn there um and I felt like I grew so much uh, uh, mentally and uh, emotionally. And so it's going to serve as a great 
memory and experience, uh, you know, for, for future preps. So. Okay. Uh, this is a, a statement from Jude, because um, he's in disbelief of your weight. Um, we, we, we deal with this a lot on this show, with the guys not understanding just how big a worked muscle can look. It, I, I hear people say it's an illusion. It's not. There's nothing illusionary about a developed muscle. I think the illusion is understanding just how big you can get a natural muscle when there's no body fat to cover it up. And I think that's what people think is an illusion, but it, it's the furthest thing from it. Um, you have to work and feed and rest and develop a muscle an awful lot, and there's nothing illusionary about that. It's just hard work, dedication, discipline, sacrifice, rest, and recovery. So when you see a picture like Miguel, because they've seen your picture at your win uh, in Nebraska. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they're, they're uh, finding it hard to believe that uh, that's 159 pounds. But when you think if that's 159 pounds of muscle as compared to 150 pounds of body weight, that's a vast difference, everyone. So please, uh, he had no reason to fabricate his weight on stage. <laughs> so that, that's kind of funny to yeah. me. But I do understand, you know, when you're saying that. So, you know, speak on that. Uh, and like I said, you have a journal. So if you could, uh, how can people follow you? And then, then we'll get back to your win. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I can I can give you guys all my, you know, social media and all that. But, yeah, I stepped on stage right around 151, 152 pounds. Um, and like you said, Kaylin, you, you, you take a physique and you strip all the fat or most of the fat, you're going to end up with something pretty gnarly, something pretty yeah. uh, almost unbelievable. So, yeah, uh, that that's kind of the, the, the thing with natural bodybuilding or I guess with bodybuilding in general, like strip the fat and you're going to reveal all the muscle that you've worked hard for and it's going to be on full display and it, it'll, you're going to, you'll look bigger, but it's really just, it's all the muscle that you're carrying now, but you know, minus the fat. Yes. And and that's not an illusion. I mean, I, I, I used to hear it and I was, I, it would just hurt that you would take away from someone's hard work and say, well, you know, it's lighting, it's this, it's that. No, without the muscle, you're just the fat guy on stage. Uh, without the muscle, you're basically an underdeveloped physique. Without the muscle and without that hard work, without everything that goes into a prep, you don't have much on stage, and we've seen it. You you as a competitor myself, as a fan of the sport, have seen it time and time again. This person should not be at this show. And, you know, I, I, I granted they did a lot of hard work, but there's so much further they should have gone before they stepped on stage because it's a competition. And if you don't address it that way, you will be embarrassed. And I've seen people that have been heartbroken. And I, granted, before they got to that stage and before they saw the competitors backstage, they know that they have done a lot of hard work. But when you see the elite physique, the one that knows what they're doing, that had the proper coaching, that had the proper diet, that had the proper rest, that had the proper recovery, then you understand just how hard it really is. I, I you know, I this is the bodybuilding is natural bodybuilding is the only sport where I've seen where people don't give it its just due or due diligence or respect with understanding all that it takes to get a first place physique, much less a top five physique 
to compete against other athletes. They think, Jim, I work out and I look good. And, you know, I do my little social media selfie posts and, and, and people are giving me life like beyond reason. It doesn't mm-hmm. translate into the stage unless you bring everything Miguel has just said. So, Miguel, before we, uh, I want to get to this, your win, your big win, because you said something before we came on air that just kind of really brought reality back to me. And uh, we'll cover that right now so that I know the listeners are waiting to hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, I, I think, if, you know, you know, it's one thing to, to, to be on social media, scrolling through, you know, countless uh, posts and, you know, looking at all these amazing physiques. But I think if you're, if you're kind of new to the sport or thinking about competing, go to a show, like go to a local show and, yeah. and actually look at competitors on stage and then go to a pro show and then compare the two because you'll notice that there is a, a gap between, you know, uh, folks that are competing in a pro qualifier to the pro state or the pro show. Um, and, you know, it's really just repetition of the same thing over and over. It's, it's more hard work. It's more, it's, it's harder training. It's, it's, it's stricter uh, nutrition, you know, it's just, it's, it's the same thing over and over, but over the course of time and, and over the course of years to get to a mm-hmm. first stage or to, uh, to get that cal- pro caliber physique. So, um, yeah, if, if you're kind of in disbelief, just go to these shows and, and, and you'll see kind of what we're talking about. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I had, uh, <clears throat> I spoke with a kid and, uh, it, it really kind of blew me away because he'd read in some magazine, you know, he's going to gain 20 pounds of muscle in, in three months. And he was going to, you know, he wanted to see if anybody else would get up on that challenge with him. And I said, you know, as a natural athlete, what you're saying is impossible. And he's like, no, 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 it's possible. Cause I know, you know, if you challenge yourself, you can do that. And I said, well, you know, I'm not speaking against your goal to gain. I said, it's the time frame that you're using. I said, I think you could gain two pounds of good muscle and totally transform your physique in the process to where it looks like you gained 30 pounds. But, you know, realistically, your body doesn't like those kind of dramatic changes and, you know, for you to sustain it. And he, you know, it was very frustrating for him to hear that from me, but I couldn't change the statement because those are the facts. I'm not saying that you can't look totally different and look like maybe you're 30 pounds heavier, but the reality of the situation is the natural body does things naturally, and excessive weight gain and excessive weight loss are incredibly hard on the body. That's why when people are talking about staying incredibly lean for any duration or incredibly fat for any duration, takes its toll on the body. Your body loves a balance. And if we're not <clears throat> addressing that need, we suffer like you can't imagine. Um, aside from anything else to add to that, Miguel? No, that's absolutely right. Um uh, you know, depending on the individual, if, if they were a brand new lifter, then there are such things called as the newbie gains, right? So in those that yes. first year of yes. training officially, you you can gain 
uh, naturally up to, you know, 15, maybe even 20 pounds. But that's if you're doing everything else absolutely right. So if your nutrition's on yeah. point, your training's on point, then yes, then you can, you can see gains like that in your first year of training. Mm-hmm. But after that, it's going to basically, um, you know, it's going to it's gonna be cut in half uh, to gain yeah. muscle naturally year go. after year. So in the beginning, yeah, it's possible. But, again, you have to have, make sure that everything else is on point. So. Exactly. And then, you know, I don't know any new person with that kind of thinking that would have everything in alignment because I think the driving force would be lifting the heavy weight in the gym and basically thinking that's going to change everything because that's the basis where he was coming from. And, mm-hmm. you know, just realistically, we, we have to see, tell the truth because anyone else is basically, that's what turns a lot of people to the needle and the growth hormone and the hormone replacement therapy to where, you know, they got to get these goals and gains. But if it's not naturally, there's no way to sustain it. I mean, even though they, you know, have an outside source, it still becomes, you know, how are you going to maintain it? And when you stop the usage of those drugs, then the gains go away as well. Um, but we're not going to get on that far because, you know, like I said, people want to hear about your win, your big win, especially after having the Jordan and all these uh, fall big fall shows coming up, how it must have felt when you're stepping on stage with the elite guys that have basically been prepping all uh, basically since January for some fall shows. So how did that feel? And let us know what show you want. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, let me just kind of take you back. So that was back in uh, on October 20th, I believe. Um, so it was the NBA yeah. Peoria Championship. And honestly, after that week or that weekend, like that that made prep for me. Like that was one of my biggest goals was to step on a pro stage and just compete. And placing second was one of the best feelings ever, to be honest. Um, so mm-hmm. going into my next show, which was the following weekend, it was actually in Omaha. It was the Greater Omaha National uh, natural championships. Uh, the promoter was Matt Jackson. So for those who, who know him, um, and it was under the NANBF. So, uh, a different organization than, uh, NGA, but going into that show, I was feeling very confident. And, um, honestly, I was already kind of still pinching myself from the, the, from the pro show. So whatever happened at, at, at the, the Omaha show, I was just kind of like, at this point, you know, whatever I placed, I will be happy with how this prep went. But I ended up winning that uh, winning that show, and it was a pro qualifier. So I did earn my IP pro card and men's bodybuilding. So it really was the cherry on top for my entire prep because it was my last show, and um, I was going to go straight into my offseason that weekend, basically. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was, uh, it, it, was, it was one of the best feelings ever. Uh, I got to enjoy it with my family, my friends. My coach was there. Um, Matt Jackson put on a great show, so kudos to him. Yeah, it, um, it couldn't have ran any better. And it was really just kind of like, you know, one of those it, – it, it reminded me of my 2015 season where I went into the Titan Classic knowing that it was going to be my last show. And, you know, I ended up uh, winning and just kind of riding out on an on all-time high. So it was it was awesome. Now, I, I got to go back to that uh, Peoria – show that's John Agan show and mm-hmm. I remember talking to Ray Johnson at the P for P undefeated 
and he said mm-hmm. he was defending his title at, at the Peoria uh, Natural Championship. <laughs> and he really wanted to come in with that because he said, you know, a, a lot of the, the winners from previous years on the male bodybuilding side, not the women's side. I noticed the women do come back and uh, uh, basically give contention to their, their previous year's win where they're basically having to basically be defeated to give that up. And Jay had, had mm-hmm. talked about that, and I was, I was very surprised because, you know, it's something I hadn't thought of where you have uh, basically the, the king – coming back to defend his crown. And I like that way of thinking because I'm so used to seeing it on the, the, the women's side that I didn't really make that connection until he said it. You know, why aren't the bodybuilders coming back to defend? You know, if you're if you're at your absolute best, then why not, if you're not just with one show, defend your championship? And I hadn't thought about that. And I was like, yeah, I, I, I really get that. I really understand that because I know Marshall Johnson is another one that's uh, that's willing to defend his, his wins. And uh, basically you have to take it from me. I'm not just going to let mm-hmm. somebody come in and take what I worked so hard to win. And I, I really got that. And Jay looked really good at the, the mm-hmm. people being defeated. So I could imagine how he looked in person um, at the Peoria Championship. Oh, yeah, absolutely, Kaylin. So backstage at the Peoria show, you know, first time, you know, everyone's getting their tan on and getting ready for uh, to hit stage. It's like, okay, I know I had that feeling come over me like, okay, this is it. Like, <laughs> you better bring your game right here, right now. And uh, I got to meet Jay uh, uh, after the show and actually talk to him a little bit, but I didn't know that he was defending his title at the show. I So one thing with me is when it, when it comes to – when it came to the shows this year, um, I didn't bother looking at the competitor, competitors list because mm-hmm. honestly, that's probably the last thing you should do because you're just going to kind of shoot yourself true. in the foot and kind of just true. overthink things. Uh, yeah. So I never look at the competitors at the show. And so I didn't actually know that Jay Johnson had won that show last year. So that's actually really cool to know. But yeah, I got to meet him uh, briefly at the end of the show and such a humble guy, a really cool guy, to be honest. Um but yeah, he brought it. His his physique is amazing, and he's obviously one of the natural elites. I would place him in that category, no doubt. And um, I knew that I knew he was going. To, I knew I had heard rumblings that he had came into the show, coming off like two two pro show wins. So uh, really cool. Uh, kudos to Jay because he's he, he was a really cool guy meeting him. Um, but yeah, like defending defending his title, I think that's really cool because it's kind of building his legacy. And like, yeah. yeah, he looks phenomenal. And if I were if I were in his shoes, I would do exactly the same. I would come back and and defend my title. Well, that, to me, that's how you grow the sport. That's how you grow the industry. Is to have a champion. I mean, it's nice that everybody wants to compete, but when you're going up against the champion, that motivates a lot of competitors to do better, and it also motivates the person that's on top to keep that brain. It's not saying that somebody, you know, needs to take their place, but it's nice to know that somebody should be there to be able to do so. Because if every year you have a new winner, then where's the champion? You have winners. Mm -hmm. But if you're defending a crown, then you have that competition and that competitive side comes in. And I know everybody wants to beat the best. At least I do. I can't imagine always basically not knowing who's going to show up 
until you do. And it's good that you have that kind of competitive nature where no matter who shows up, I'm still getting up there. But it's also nice to have somebody you know that's on that banner from the year before, and they're going to be defending that crowd. That is true competition to me. I mean, I, I, if, I can't imagine if every year you had the NBA where you didn't have a last year's champion to, to defeat. Somebody should be that reigning champ until it's taken. And natural bodybuilding is finally catching hold of that, and the competitors are driving that as well. And I love that, the, you know, competitors are saying, you know, I don't care who is going to be there. They're going to have to beat me to get that win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, I think you know, we'll, we'll probably end up seeing more of that in the future. Um, but even, you know, even if that said individual or that said champion can't compete at that show for whatever reason, because, you know, yeah. we all live lives outside bodybuilding and, you know, things happen. That's right. Um, even having that champion there to kind of, you know, uh, pass the torch, so to speak, would be even cool. That would be um, nice. Yeah, yeah, there's definitely, yeah, there's definitely some cool things that could, that could happen there. But yeah, after meeting Jay, I was, honestly, I was fired up for my Omaha show the following weekend. After meeting him, I... I just wanted to end my season on a high, and he he was able to do that for me. So I thank him very much. Yeah, and you know, the, one of the things that I've truly learned, you know, you have the Moji Alulas, you have the Ryan Doors, you have the Habedin, you have the Sam Okanula, you got the Marshall Johnsons, the Yoshi Moody's, you got the Phil Ricardo Juniors. That they're not only great competitors, but they're also great teachers. And I love the fact that they're willing to share what they know to grow the sport even more in, in, a, in a faster and more productive way because they live this stuff. And if you're learning from someone that is passionate and impassioned about it, you see the why behind what drives you because a lot of times we can't put into words what's driving us because we haven't reached that level yet. But there's somebody that has, and they're willing to share with you why you're so driven, because a lot of times we don't know until they and then it all kind of connects and it all makes sense because, you know, the, the statement iron sharpens iron, it's very true. And, and I love the fact that it has to do with, you know, bodybuilding and weight, but it's also a true statement spiritually. Um, when you were talking with Jay, you know, I'm sure he had great information that just doesn't make sense sometimes until you hear it from somebody that's been living it year after year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Kalen. Um, I think it kind of comes back to um, just what you would expect out of, you know, every normal citizen. Um, you know, be kind, be polite, community you're a part of. So just uh, kind of honoring those principles and caring yourself um, and, and respecting others, I think that just goes a long way. And, yeah, I mean, that that should be expected of everyone and, and should be displayed by everyone, I think. Yes, very true. Now, what are you going to be passing on? Because I know you've got, uh, like I said, you've got your journals and you've been documenting what you've done and, and what you plan on doing, and you've got a lot of people that follow you. You know, let, let us know that information so people that are new listeners, what well, new listeners hearing you can find out, you know, how to learn about what it takes to be not just an athlete but a pro athlete and how much harder it is to reach that goal of true competition. For sure. 
Yeah, so um, it's funny because I've been – as probably bad as it sounds, I've been thinking about my off season for the last several weeks. So even though I was in prep, I was thinking about my off offseason. Um, that, I mean, you could – that could be a good thing or a bad thing. You could see it both sides. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, uh, I'm so excited to be, uh, you know, in my off season. And when I say off season, it's really an on season, you know, much of the yeah. same things I was doing on prep are not going to change. You know, I'm still going to track my food. I mean, with some cushion there, right. Um, I'm going to yeah. train hard and, and, and I'm going to log as much as I can. Right. And, and be accountable with, with progress photos every month or and measurements, you know, just do it right. Do it. Uh, try to have a really religious off season because I think that's what it takes to compete at a pro level and to uh, yes. achieve a, a pro caliber physique. So, I mean, for me, these next three or four years of an off season, I'm just going to be as transparent as possible. So I'm, I'm going to lay it out on the line and, and, and post, you know, images of me after one year in an off season and just, you know, be comfortable kind of in whatever, in whatever uh, weight I'm in or, you know, just be yeah. really transparent, like, because it's not all smiles. And I try to, and I try to show that in many of my posts and prep and try to explain that, you know, yeah, it, 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 it may feel, or it may look really cool to be shredded and lean, but it doesn't feel good guys. Like, I mean, no, you, get, you get down to low body fat levels. It just doesn't feel good. And, and prep is a grind. It's, it's, it's grueling. It's challenging. And I think you just have to be honest with yourself. And I just want to be as transparent as possible in this off season and just try to promote as much, insights um and and just uh basically tell my story and my experiences and and the lessons that, that i've learned so that you know competitors that are coming up now can can learn from it and avoid some of the mistakes that i've made and just really just learn and kind of drive the sport and excel in their own in their own you know goals and dreams there you go now i i, I don't know if you're familiar with the the joshua got this question he's uh He's a little stumped by a statement he heard. The point of diminishing returns. Are you familiar with that term? Yes. Okay. Can you explain it to Joshua? Uh, so I guess the way I I would explain it or would be no, there I comes a point it. where you can make it back if you want. The way I would explain it is it, it, there comes a point where you know you do too much or like where the point you reach where you, you, you begin to overtrain and you begin to yes. overanalyze and, and yes. it almost becomes uh, detrimental to your, uh, to your goals and, and to uh, your progression. Um, so I, I think, uh, it, I think, you know, I think experience will, 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 will tell you a lot. So the more experience that you have, um, I think you'll you'll realize if you're in that kind of state. Um, yeah. I mean, how, how how would you explain it, Kalen? Well, okay. So, so the first time I heard it is during what they call the bulking season, and I I just never understood that simply because my mom was a nurse and uh, I learned about diet I think before I even hit double digits, and. Uh, you know, this incredible weight gain to build muscle, but then you got to take it off to compete. 
And so it just didn't make sense to me why you gain that much weight and then have to lose the way you have to lose and then most of it be muscle in the weight loss. Uh, the overtraining was another one where, you know, you're working out and you get a good pump and you stay in the gym another half an hour or an hour to basically try and get a better pump even as your diet is basically running down the, the steep, running off the cliff. And then the other time was basically when you were getting the weight loss and lean and then risking the loss of more muscle than body fat because what you did worked that week before, so you're going to overdo it the next week. Like I said, you're, 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 it's overthinking, overdoing, and basically going above and beyond to destroy everything that you're trying to create. And after a while, it becomes so repetitive that you look awful going on to stage instead of going into a, a stage prep with a nice physique. A lot of people say they're flat, but it's, it's, it's just not true. They're, they're not drinking water, and so their mm-hmm. their muscles can't fill out, or they're not eating. Yeah. You know, they're starving themselves to stage, and then basically they finally get some kind of food, and they spill over and what we call a food baby on stage. I've seen it happen where a person looks phenomenal uh, in the morning, and then, you know, they get that uh, in-between meal, and it's what they consider a cheat meal, and then they go in there with a food baby and, and throw themselves out of the running for an overall. So, you know, it, that's what it means to me, the point of diminishing returns, because you're, it's almost like you've done too much when you just needed to do what you needed to do, and you would have looked phenomenal. Yeah. I think I think in terms of training, like, yeah, I, I think uh, a lot of people would probably, when they, when they go into it like a bulk or like an off-season, they, they probably see it there's probably a lot of uh, misconception that you are continuing to just, you're just adding calories um, week, week to week. And you're basically just, you know, <laughs> looking to gain weight week to week, but you have to be a little bit more strategic um, and kind of implement many cuts um, because you, you, you'll want to resensitize yourself to uh, insulin. So taking a mini cut for six to eight weeks, uh, shedding off some of, some of those, some of that, some of that fat gain, um, will will set you up for uh uh you know a higher insulin insulin response once you bump the calories up again. So I think being smart in your approach with with training and nutrition, and with nutrition you could implement things such as di- uh, diet diet breaks, um, refeeds, things like that, so that you're not just mm-hmm. uh, doing things in a in a linear fashion. If that makes sense. So there are strategies, but you have to be kind of smart in in your your approach, whether it's training or nutrition. Yes. Uh, one thing I would like to add to that, and uh, this is Lisa, and she added, it's a great point. A lot of what we know is myths or misinformation, and that you know, it you had a lot of enhanced people that were trying to justify how they could lean out so fast, you know, with the drugs they were taking, and they put it down to, to writing, but it was it wasn't the truth. It simply wasn't the truth. And so there was a lot of false information that was gained, and I put that in air quotes, from that. And a lot of it was ignorance. You you simply cannot get overweight and think somehow or another you're going to be just fine with that by the time you get your prep done because your body suffers with that. And with that kind of information of, oh, you can eat like this, and, you know, if you just stick to your 
your diet and these numbers, then you'll you'll be fine. That that's simply not true. Everybody is different. Everybody is unique, and I mean everybody. B O D Y is different. Your body reacts different times, different parts of the year. So there's there's no way you can say every prep just has to go this way and it's going to be fine. If you bring on a lot of weight, your body has to adjust to that. If you dramatically reduce that weight, your body has to adjust to that. And there is a time frame that is needed for that weight reduction or weight gain. If you put it on in dramatic numbers, you will get drastic, drastically low, and not a healthy fashion uh, on either end. And anybody that, you know, at 30 pounds in a week and then they're, and they're yelling and, and, you know, people are saying, great job. I'm, I'm basically scared for their health, hoping their heart doesn't stop throwing them in their sleep. We, we, we can't keep doing wrong things to our body and think right things are going to happen front. And uh, it, it does take time uh, for natural athletes. It does take dedication and it does take uh, a sacrifice on both ends, you know, sometimes you, you do smell that food and it smells really good, but those that might be the day you have to pass on it. And then there might be days mm-hmm. where you do need that cheat meal to basically balance things out. And then you have to sit there and, and get past your own understanding and realizing this is part of health. Our body should always mm-hmm. be in a healthy state, even though, you know, weight, weight plus or minus. We should always be thinking of our bodies as a living machine, and we need to address it. Uh, I was telling a guy at the gym he didn't want to drink water because he didn't feel thirsty. And I said, can you imagine driving your car, you know, for whatever destination you need, and then you put water in the radiator? The damage that's been done doesn't, you know, just go away overnight. It's going to have to be repaired. Same thing with our bodies. Uh, Miguel, you got to add to that? Yeah, I think there's also a lot of factors there to consider, right? You got to consider, you know, sleep. You got to consider liquid intake. You got to consider your recovery. Uh, You know, there's so many different factors to consider. And I think, you know, just for those that are kind of skeptical or just unsure, I think if hiring a reputable coach uh, through an off season for the first time or or through a prep, like that will solve a lot of. that's going to answer a lot of your questions because they're going to come with experience and, and they'll be able to basically guide you through, um, you know, any, any issues or it really just, you know, kind of hold your hand through the entire process. And I definitely learned that my first show, I, I did it, you know, I self prep for that. And then comparing that to, to my second show with the coach, like vastly different. And I learned so much from a coach. So like, again, if you're kind of skeptical, um, or just ensure hire a coach because they're going to be able to answer a lot of these questions for you. And, you know, if, if, if they're reputable and experienced and they'll know how to tackle these issues. There you go. Well, Miguel, I don't want to end the show without letting, letting you give your shout out to everyone, because I know you didn't take this road alone and you had lots of people in your corner. So this is your time. And, and there you are. There you at. Thanks, Kaylin. Uh I would just like to thank all my family, my friends, um, my coach, basically anybody that ever asked anything uh, about my prep or just kind of asked how I was doing, you know, coworkers, peers, uh, you name it. Um, you know, I couldn't have done it without all your guys' support and just, just knowing that you guys had me in your thoughts uh, during this long prep was, you know, that means everything to me. And for those that made it to the show, like, thank you so much. Um, so, yeah. 
Well, it's not an easy journey, and uh, I say there's thousands of people that start a prep, and there's a handful that actually finish. And, you know, it's not because they're quitters. It's not because they didn't want to. Life happens. And, Miguel, I'm so glad that you were able to get to your prep and endure your prep and basically get the fruits of your labor. So, you know, congratulations again. Well done. Uh, Looking forward to definitely seeing you uh, at the Peoria show when you come down. Um, I know there's plenty of shows in Iowa that I'll be getting out to as well, and I'll be happy to see you in, the, in attendance. I know you, uh, you're you a fan of the sport just like you are a competitor, and that's always a blessing for the people that need to learn but can't ask the people on stage. It's nice to have somebody in attendance that can address those questions truthfully and without drugs. Uh, natural bodybuilding is a great sport for those who endure it, and it's also for a lot of fun when you're – getting to run into your fitness family because, you know, we, we know the grind and we know the struggle, and it, it's a lot of fun for us, even though it might sound crazy. Uh, anything else, Miguel? No, I was just going to say thank you, Kalen, uh, for for those kind words and um, uh, for the opportunity to come on air tonight. This was this was really fun, and I appreciate it. And, yeah, I, I hope to run into you soon, Kalen, so we can catch up. Yes, indeed, brother. It'll be good to see you, man. <laughs> All right, brother. Have a blessed night, and thanks again for being on the show. Likewise. Take care. And there you have it, Miguel, a great, great guest, a great guy. Um, He's he's very humble, and he works really hard at what he does, and it's not by accident that he's where he is. Um, On behalf of Desiree and myself, the boys from P4P, like she would say, your body is a temple and let's build it. And since she's not here, I can say build it with Snickerdoodle because it's the best tasting protein on the planet. My name is Caleb Patterson, and we are out.